0: with the APCM
1: taking place in September. Please know that I and my family will be away for for two weeks from this coming weekend. So from the 4th to the 18th of July, the Hubbards will be away. If you have any concerns or questions during this time, please do get in in touch with the church wardens. Or if, if it is more of a pastoral nature, please contact either Rachel or Ursula or, of course, Carolyn or Cheryl as pastoral coordinators. Ursula, as associate minister, will be in charge while I'm away if there's a particular decision to be made. You may also be interested to know that the building, the church building is being used for the first time this coming Friday as I'm taking a funeral in church. Sadly, Brian Mackley passed away last Sunday. His wife, Anne, died in 2017 and they lived just, just opposite here, us here on Glebe Road. Please do pray for the family as they prepare for the funeral. Many thanks and please keep praying as we continue on this challenging journey together with our Lord Jesus. And now over to Debbie who's leading our service this morning.
2: Good morning, everybody. Um, Welcome from me as well. Um, I'm aware that's quite a lot of information to take in and obviously, as Peter says, um, that will be in an email for you as well. But um, it just feels um, right as we start to perhaps just um, pray for a moment um, together um, about um, those plans and and what Peter um, has just said. So let's just do that for a moment, shall we, as we start. Father, we thank you that you are sovereign. We thank you that you are in control. And um, as the the lockdown begins to ease and we start to think about um, how and where we can start to use our church building again, Lord, I just pray that you will be at the centre of all the plans and decision-making, that you will guide um, Peter and Ursula and Rachel, Sarah and John, and all those who are involved in, in making these difficult decisions. And Lord, I'm aware that there will probably be fear for some about this, um, as it's it's still such an uncertain time. So Lord, I pray that you will minister to, to each of us where we're at. We thank you that you know and care for us all in and Lord, I thank you for um, all that you've been doing through this lockdown as, um, as we've um, cared for each other and as we've reached out to others in, in the community and in the town. And Lord, we pray that you will continue to show us how to do that, how to care for each other and to care for those around us in the months ahead. Be really close to to each one of us this morning, I pray. And be close to us in the in the weeks and months ahead. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I was um, spending time with um, God yesterday um, about this service, I'm quite uh, last minute on these things of late since lockdown. I have to admit, but um, God's very gracious, and um, and as I was as I was spending time with Him, I really felt that um, He was asking us to spend some time really praising Him um, this morning. There's a there's a Bethel song and um, the word that I love and the words of the song say praise is the highway to the heart of God praise is the highway to the heart of God and um, however we might be feeling this morning as we meet together um, once again online um, I think the cry of all our hearts is that we want to to meet with God this morning And we want to um, praise him, however we might be feeling. Um, And I know that's not always easy. But when we praise God, something in us starts to shift, doesn't it? And we start to get um, God's perspective. So consider these words from Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever every day I will praise you and, ex- and extol your name forever and ever. So we're going to praise God together now. We're going to start um, with a prayer and I'd love it if you were to join in um, with the words in bold. So we're going to join in with the words we praise your holy name and then we're going to sing two songs that declare who God is, so songs of, of praise To our amazing and powerful God. So let's start with the prayer and then we're going to sing praise to the Lord and be unto your name. Let's pray together. God of life, whose love enfolds us and spirit fills us, we praise your name. God of joy, whose sunrise wakes us and sunset amazes us. We praise your holy name. God of hope, whose promise sustains us and his power upholds us. We praise your holy name. God of love, whose patience humbles us and his touch can heal us we praise your holy name god of peace he breaks down barriers and walls that divide us we praise your holy name and god of eternity who has always loved us and by grace has saved us we praise your holy name amen in Amen. Blessing, honour, glory and power be unto your name. Amen. And Lord, as we sing your praises and we declare that you are holy, we become mindful of our humanness of our frailty and of our shortcomings. And as we as we worship you. We become aware of our utter need and dependence on you. And so as we come to a time of confession, we pause now in your presence, and we ask you to speak into our hearts and bring into our minds those things that get in the way of you bringing the freedom and the wholeness in our lives that you long to give us. So let's have a moment of quiet before God now, and then we will pray. Um, the prayer of confession that's on your screens together. God of grace. Forgive okay. our ingratitude for the blessings we have received. Help us live the lives we proclaim. God of peace, forgive our impatience with the actions of our neighbour. Help us live the lives we proclaim. God of love, forgive our intolerance toward those of other faiths or none. Help us live the lives we proclaim. God of mercy, forgive our reluctance to offer a word of forgiveness. Help us live the lies we proclaim. God of hope, accept our repentance as a sweet smelling offering. and help us live the lives we proclaim. Amen. Today our theme is the equipping spirit. And we're thinking about, and Peter's going to help us to to think that through in just a moment, about how um, we all need each other, and um, how it's so important that we respect and we care for one another. And um, we're going to have our Bible reading um, before that, and that's going to be read um, by Carolyn in just a moment. And it's that well-known passage from 1 Corinthians 12, um, entitled One Body, Many Parts. And um, as I was preparing for this yesterday, I decided to look at it, um, to look at the reading in the message version, because that's something... Um, I tend to um, want to do and um, I was really struck um, by particularly a couple of verses of this passage in um, the message verse version. And so um, having confessed our sins to God, let's hear now about the life that we are called to as forgiven and restored people. And as I, I just read this little bit now, Um, Let's allow these words to encourage us and to give us life, bring us life. So this is just um, 1 Corinthians 12, and it's just the verses 12 and 13. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to live independently. Call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in words and action when we were baptised. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit where we all come to drink. Amen. So Jesus has the final say in everything. It's all about Jesus. He is the head of the body in which we're all united because of his death and resurrection. And we can all come and be refreshed and sustained by his spirit. So what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to focus on that now about it being all about Jesus and um, we're going to have another song, The Heart of Worship, um, which um, says about it not being about worship, being about Jesus, about him being the centre of all that we are, all that we do, all that we are as church. Um, And then we're going to have our Bible reading, um, which is going to be read by Carolyn and then Peter will speak to us. So let's sing together the heart of worship.
0: When the music fades All is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth to my heart, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry into my heart into my
3: by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honourable we treat with special honour, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no such, no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, Every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance and of different kinds of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak in tongues do all interpret now eagerly desire the greater gift This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Okay, let's just pray um, for Peter now um, as he speaks to us. Father, I thank you um, for Peter. And um, I thank you for the gifts that you've given him. And Lord, I pray for him now that as um, as he as he speaks, you will fill him um, with your Holy Spirit. And I pray that um, he will be he will be blessed and encouraged um, by the word that he gives this morning. And I pray that you will speak into each of our hearts and minds as we hear
1: it. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Debbie. The human body is the most fascinating and fantastic machine in existence. No one understands uh, all of its many mysteries, and no single source can do justice to its many parts. I wonder if you know, for example, that more than half the bones in the human body are in the hands and the feet. Or that the highest recorded sneeze speed is 165 kilometers or 102 miles per hour. I wonder if you note that the heart beats about three billion times in the average person's lifetime. Or that a newborn baby has 350 bones, but a fully grown adult has only 206. So you kind of wonder what happens to those that uh, have disappeared in the middle. But anyway, um, I wonder if you know that everybody is colorblind at birth. Or, this is particularly amazing, that the surface area of the lungs is approximately the same size as a tennis court. I can't quite get my head around that, but that's incredible. All that food will get to your stomach, even if you're standing on your head. I don't suggest you try that one, unless you like doing that kind of thing. Or lastly, the average adult is made up of 100 trillion cells. 100 trillion cells. That is a lot of cells. Those are amazing facts about our bodies, aren't they? But an even more amazing thought is that in an even more mysterious way, we... That is, you and I are together part of the worldwide body of Christ. And since we are together members of the body of Christ, that means that we each have a vital role to play in building up the church to the praise and glory of its head, who is Jesus Christ. You may may know this poem by St. Teresa of Avila. Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feats but yours. Yours are the eyes which look at the world with Christ's compassion for it. Yours are the feet by which he is to go about doing good. And yours are the hands with which he is to bless. And that is exactly what we're thinking about this morning. The challenge that you and I, as part of Christ's living body on earth, are called and urged by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to be his hands and his feet, his eyes and his hands. And remember, we're thinking through all this, how the Holy Spirit equips us as the body of Christ to serve. What a privilege that is, but what a responsibility too. Now, the heart of the challenge in today's passage is this. The church, that is the community of those who recognize the Lordship of Jesus, is made up of many different people, many different personalities. And all of us with an amazing skill of talents, skills and passions. Some of us are people centred. That is, we love being with people and being in social environments. Some of us prefer our own company. Some of us are academics. Some of us have no interest in studying at all. Some of us like football. Some of us think, well, what's the point of football? But the thing is, Jesus Christ has put us all together in one body. How are we going to get on, let alone proclaim to the world around us in this continually changing and challenging COVID-19 situation that Jesus is Lord? That the things that the world puts its trust in are futile, and only Jesus can fill and fulfil our deepest need for God. That is why Paul says in verse 13, For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. We are so different from each other. But Christ calls us somehow to live with these differences and to drink of one spirit. So what's the right attitude to have to being in the body of Christ? Let's look at it under three headings. Firstly, we need each other. Secondly, we differ from each other. And thirdly, we are to care for each other. So the first uh, heading I want us to think about is that we need one another. That is what Paul says in our Bible reading in verses 15 and 16 and verse 21. He writes, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It will not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. To verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, the important thing to keep in mind as we look at what Sir Paul says here is that he's using an analogy An analogy is when you use the qualities of one thing to compare to the qualities of another thing. And of course, the human body is the best analogy Paul could have used for the church because the human body is composed of many parts, but they all make up one totality. In other words, there is many, but there is one. There is diversity, but unity. There is individuality, but there is still community. That is how the human body works. And Paul uses this analogy brilliantly to point out that we all need each other to be the church Christ in all its fullness and diversity. But the danger with the church, as with the human body, is that things can go badly wrong with it. The human body, for example, can suffer from muscle wastage and from paralysis. So, for example, if we don't exercise and if we sit and watch the TV all day long while eating chocolate cake and crisps, what's going to happen? Well, first of all, we'll get fat. And secondly, our muscles are built up. What about paralysis, which is simply the awful state of not being able to use a part of the body, perhaps because of an accident or because of a disease. The danger of that happening in the church body too, spelt out here by Paul. What if, he says, the foot thinks, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. In other words, there could be the danger of people in the church feeling unimportant or not needed. Or what if, says Paul, the ear thinks to itself, well I'm not an eye, so they don't need me. That can easily be one way of saying, well, I'm not as gifted as them, so I won't be missed if I don't join in when I'm able to. Now, the real problem with that sort of attitude is that there could be paralysis in the church where nothing ever gets done because a person with that particular skill is missing from the body. Or there may be someone with the skill that is needed But they aren't exercising their gifts, letting everyone else do it for them. And the other thing that can happen is we can also try to be part of the body. We're really not meant to be because we feel it's somehow more noticeable or valuable or worthy. All these and more are ways a church body can become weak through paralysis or muscle wastage if we're not careful. And so the application of this teaching is obvious and urgent. If we are the body of Christ, and that is what the Bible tells us we are, then we need each other. And in our present situation, we need each other now more than ever before. We can't be the body of Christ unless each and every one of us is pulling our weight, using the special gifts and abilities God has blessed each one of us with. And doing that, as Paul says, for the common good. But Paul adds another dimension to this picture of the body needing each other for its health and well-being. He says in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In other words, we have no right in the body of Christ to say that one of us is more superior to another. That because I'm a vicar or a preacher or a worship leader or something else that makes me maybe better or more essential or more important than anyone else. That sort of attitude will kill the body very quickly because the body is made up of many parts and all the parts depend on the other for their existence. So what do we have to do to make sure we get this right? Well, I think it's up to all of us to be committed enough to the body to say, "I need you, and you need me." If I absent myself from the body, body, whether that is mentally or in actuality, then I'm making the body weaker because of that. Now, of course, we find ourselves—excuse <clears throat> me—we find ourselves in a situation that the church hasn't been in for a very, very long time. That is not meeting together in person on Sundays At other times. We're all scattered in our own homes. But that doesn't change the essence of the teaching here. Paul here is saying you cannot be a lone ranger Christian because we need each other. I want to say here that I've been so encouraged to hear the ways people have been connecting with each other through this time. Whether that's through phone calls, or meeting in the back garden, or through Zoom calls, or whatever that is. All these and more are ways in which the church is living out the truth that we need each other. So be committed to each other. Be aware of the danger of things not happening, or you might call it paralysis. And being aware of the danger of muscle, muscle wastage or lacking in exercise. And then we'll be more likely to have the right attitude to the body of Christ and being part of the body of Christ. So that's the first thing. We need each other, but we also differ from each other. Let's look at verses 17 to 20. Paul says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The problem, problem, of course, as I said at the outset, is that we are all so gloriously different. The body is one unit, says Paul, but it is made up of many parts. How are we going to keep all these parts from going their own way or rubbing each other up the wrong way so that they can't get on with each other? That's what Paul turns his attention to now, and so must we. If we're going to be the body of Christ in this place and for the glory of the Lord Jesus, we've got to try to get our attitude right on this one as well. So Paul says, he points out that if every part of the body was an eye, how would the body have a sense of hearing? And if every part of the body was an ear, how would the body have the sense of smell? In other words, the body has got to be made up of different parts with different functions. Otherwise, the body would be incapable of being multipurpose and multi-functioning all at the same time. The picture that Paul is conjuring up, of course, is ridiculous. Of course, the body can't be all eyes or all ears or all feet. That would be impossible and ludicrous. But that's exactly the same with the church. The church body is made up of vastly different people but all contribute to the overall vitality and functioning and growth of the whole. The danger here, where before we saw it as paralysis and muscle wastage, is that of amputation. One part of the body can think that because they don't seem to fit in with everybody else, then they'll simply go and cut themselves off. They'll think something along the lines of, well, I'm not like them and they're not like me, so I can't ever see myself being accepted by them. Or, I don't agree with the way they do this. Or, I don't want to be in a home group with such and such a person anymore. Or, I don't feel valued enough to stay. Now, if we're honest, things like this do happen, even at such an amazing church as Christchurch. We do hurt and disappoint each other from time to time. But the thing is, it's about how we value and hear each other that counts, rather than just sweeping difficult things under the carpet and hoping it will go away. What that does, though, is it leads to paralysis of amputation. We need to try our utmost to stay as part of the body and work those issues through so that those wounds heal and the body begins to function as it as it is meant to. We are different but God loves us because of that. Each one of us is unique. We're unique in appearance, unique in character, in gifts, in maturity, in abilities, and so many other ways. We're all members of the body of Christ as individuals. And God wants our very differences to be shaped so that they're unified for his glory and honour and fame. What did Jesus say about his church? He said, by this shall everyone know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. That's John 13, verse 35. So to get our attitude right or near right, we've got to need each other. And accept we differ from one another. But thirdly and lastly, Paul says we are to care for each other. He writes in verses 22 to 26. On the contrary. Those parts of the body that seem to be weak are are indispensable, and the parts we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. The God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. The wonderful truth contained in this passage is that God has managed to combine the varying parts and members of the body. And remember, he is again using the analogy of the human body. So that in that combination, there will be mutual need and concern for one another. And that is exactly how the human body works. If you accidentally cut yourself and start to bleed, what happens? The blood clots and over time the wound heals. That's the body's way of looking after itself. And it is essential because if the wound didn't heal, then it would get infected and things would go from bad to worse quite rapidly and the whole body would be affected. So what is Sir Paul getting at here? He's saying that those parts of the body of Christ that we might think of as less honourable or less presentable are still as essential as any other more presentable parts of the body. Let's put that into plain English and consider a time when we do actually begin to meet again in the church building. So when someone is making the tea or the coffee or emptying out the bins or clearing away the church clearing away the chairs after a meeting. These jobs and the people doing those jobs are just as essential as the more upfront roles like preaching and leading worship or leading a home group. The difference, of course, is if I make a mess of my sermon, everyone will know about it very quickly. But if a person who is meant to be putting out the bins forgets, it's less likely to get noticed straight away but it will eventually get noticed when the smell develops and the rubbish piles up. In other words, everyone's role counts for the common good of the building up of the body of Christ. That is one aspect of what Paul is saying. The other aspect of it is is that we are called to suffer with those who suffer and rejoice with those who rejoice. So if someone is going through a hard time in, in church, It's up to us as the body of Christ to support and help them through that hard time to identify with their suffering and not to hide the suffering or pat them on the head and say, they're there. It'll all get better soon. We're to cry with those who are crying. But equally, we are to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Again, it's sometimes hard to face up to. But I wonder how are we doing on that as a church? Let's be real with each other about our struggles and our pain. Let's not run from it or somehow over-spiritualise it or try to make it better. When we allow each other to show vulnerability, then real change can happen as we allow the Spirit of God to move in our relationships with each other. Before I finish what has been quite a long talk, thank you for bearing with me, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you. These last few weeks and months have tested us as a church like no other time we've been tested before. And we've only been at Christchurch since 2016, but I know and I'm sure that is the case for Christchurch, and that's the case for any other church, or in fact organisation for that matter. But I want to honour you this morning, the body of Christ that makes up up Christchurch Basin Hill. And say how much, as your leader, I am so proud of the way the church has stepped up and shown love and care for each other. And love and care for the community around us, wherever you live. And I'm sure in the long run, this is going to make a massive difference in the way that the community views us as a church. There's too many people for me to say thank you to individually here. But please hear from me as your vicar. Thank you. I really mean it. And let's continue to shine like the stars for the glory of God through whatever lies before us. So Paul sums it all up when he says in verse 27 Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Record to be like an orchestra, each was playing an instrument. But together playing a wonderful piece of music and you notice he says you it's not us it's not, it's not up for us to say it's down to them to be the body of christ no he says it's down to you and that means of course all of us all of us have a part to play all of us have a gift god has given us to build up the body of christ so the Holy Spirit equips us for service. When he equips us for service, it means we need each other. Even though we are different from each other. And as we recognise recognize that, we have the call made upon us to care for each other. It's about community and individuality. As the Musketeers used to say, one for all and all for one. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the amazing wisdom that we hear and read in this passage of scripture of the body of Christ. Father, we're sorry for maybe the ways we've got it wrong, But we also honour you, Lord, for the ways you're helping us to get it right. Lord Jesus, we want to be in your body. We want to serve you, we want to serve each other and serve the community around us. Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill us again so that we can serve you. And love you. And love each other. And love those around us who are yet to call you Lord and master and friend. Holy Spirit, we love you and honour you. And thank you for the way you're moving around and upon us. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Peter. Um, I think if we just have um, a brief moment of quiet,
2: because there's a lot to to take in there, and I'm aware that um, that, that God's been speaking to us through through what Peter said, and he might have been speaking to you about um, something in particular, speaking to us about something in particular. So I'll just um, allow a, a moment of quiet now for us to, to reflect on what that might be.
0: as I um, read this passage and as
2: Peter was speaking and as he prayed really struck by um, by that awareness that we're called to serve aren't we that um, we're called to serve each other, we're called to serve um, the community around us and to have the, the attitude, um, the Christ-like attitude that goes with that and um, Jesus is the ultimate example of that, isn't he? In the way that he um he said that he he came to serve. And um and so we're going to sing now our next song, The Servant King. And as we do that, um let's just offer our ourselves, our hearts, um, our lives in in service
4: to God. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: now going to have our prayers of intercession led by Hilary and
4: Malcolm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father we thank you for this new day and for our service here online this morning. Let us take into our hearts and minds all that we have heard through worship and your word, brought to us by Peter, and to focus on the points he made. May we at Christ Church be a united body, needing each other. Thank you, Lord, that you created us all different, and may we use these differences in a way that glorifies you, and to continue to care deeply for one another. Even though at this time we are still apart physically, unite us in the knowledge and truth of your word and to use the varied and unique gifts that you have given to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray.
5: Amen. Let us pray for our world. Lord of all creation, we pray for our world. We ask, Lord, that your light will spread into areas that are filled with darkness and turmoil. Give us a renewed courage to stand up for those whose lives are blighted by war, famine, injustice, pain and suffering, that they will be not overcome by the dark shadows of life and human nature but they would know the truth of your promise which says never will i leave you or forsake you we pray for our world leaders and all in authority for wisdom in the decisions they make and the challenges they are faced with we pray for the worldwide church that it will become a sign of hope and a beacon of light Amen. Let us pray for our nation. Dear Lord, you know all that we hold dear in our hearts, our hopes and our fears for the future as we face uncertain and changing times. Place your guiding hand on all who govern and lead our nation that the decisions they make now and have yet to make will be done with care for our country and compassion for its people. Let us appreciate each other's differences, that they would not divide us but become our strength. There are many issues, pressures, governance and community influences asking to be heard and for action to be taken. As those responsible in our government, both national and local, consider and decide what they should do. Guide them with your love and the power of the Holy Spirit to make the right choices. Amen.
4: Let us pray for our church and community. Heavenly Father, we pray for our fellowship and its leaders, for Peter, for Debbie, for Rachel, for Ursula, for Jeanette, our church wardens, John and Sarah. (laughs) Lord, we do thank you that our places of worship are being opened up again and that our church communities may once Mm -hmm. more meet together to worship, hear and learn more of your words Father, that you will guide our leaders in the decisions they will be making in the coming weeks as the lockdown eases. That way they would be mindful of the measures that need to be in place when churches reopen for services. To do this safely and within the restrictions placed upon them. Dear Lord, thank you for our church and village community for all those who have worked tirelessly to care for us and to keep us informed, and that those needing assistance or a caring word have received it. We pray the bonds that have been formed between Christchurch and the community during these months of lockdown will remain and grow stronger as we move into the future. We thank you Lord for our village and the many services it provides and we lift up to you the people who have so unstintingly provided them at this crucial time.
5: Amen. Amen. Let us pray for those who are suffering. Heavenly Father, we lift to you all those who are suffering and need your special touch at this time whether through loss of a loved one illness loss of a job loneliness and other sufferings lord jesus come into every situation to ease the pain and bring your peace with healing we have many in our fellowship or in our families or amongst our friends who are in need You may wish to name them before the Lord in the quietness of your heart for a few moments whilst I pause. Dear Lord, may they and all those who care for them feel the presence of your Holy Spirit and healing power. Amen.
4: Amen. And now a couple of verses to uplift us all from Philippians. And now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learnt and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Father has taught us, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Malcolm and Hilary, for leading us in prayer so powerfully and so sensitively. Thank you so much. And we're going to have our final song now, and then Peter is going to pray a a prayer of blessing for us. So our final song is Jesus, Hope of the Nations. So let's declare together now that the, the, the truth that Jesus is our hope and he's the hope for our nation and for the world. He's our only hope. Let's sing it together now.
1: time together this morning. In a moment I'm going, I'll say a prayer of blessing for us all and over us all, but I'd just like to say that if you're listening for the first time this morning and I imagine that's over the internet or through our website, you are especially welcome. Ursula will be leading the service next Sunday morning. If you'd like to get in touch by email, I'd especially love to know how you came to be joining our service today and whether we can help you further on your spiritual journey in these unusual times. Just drop me a brief email to vicar at basinhillchurch.org, and I will get back to you. But a blessing as we end our time together. May the love of the Father, the tenderness of the Son, and the presence of the Spirit, gladden your hearts, and bring peace to your soul this day and all days. Amen.